Concussions can be one of the most frustrating and difficult injury to recover from because you don't see it. It's a brain injury. It's essentially a mini stroke. And many people feel the frustration with recovering from a brain injury because there's so much that goes into recovering from a concussion. This is going to be a two-part series. And in this first episode, I'm going over how you can recognize a concussion in yourself, children, or other family members. Stay tuned. I'm Nichelle Thompson. Welcome to Everything is About Your Health, the podcast. I believe one of the most important things you can do for yourself is to be open-minded to learn. To learn about different professions out there in the world that links to your health, either directly and indirectly. For instance, I operate a manual osteopathy and cold laser clinic in Sudbury, Ontario, Canada. For those not familiar with manual osteopathy, it takes a holistic, whole-body approach to healthcare. It uses manual, hands-on techniques to improve all aspects of the body, including the skeleton, joints, muscles, nerves, circulation, connective tissue, as well as organs. Internal functions like metabolism, respiration, and reproduction can also be improved without the use of drugs. Here at Heat Therapy, Holistically Elite Active Therapy, we utilize BioFlex cold laser units to help accelerate healing on a cellular level. It is a light-based technology proven to be highly effective in the treatment of musculoskeletal problems and wound healing. We have had many success stories with this technology. People have avoided surgeries, reduced and eliminated medication, and reduced or eliminated all sorts of pain. So please, join us on this journey as we interview all sorts of professions and how they link to your health, either directly and indirectly. Over the years of owning my clinic at Heat Therapy, I've treated quite a few concussion cases And there's a lot of information on the internet these days, but the purpose of this podcast today is based on the development by the Concussion in Sport Group, which is used by medical professionals. Um, I'm going to be referring to the SCAT 5 5th edition research. And this isn't just somebody on the internet who has had a concussion, however intense that is, and then they just put on the internet information or things that they did that they feel helped them. This is based on, again, scientific research articles and uh, professionals in this field who specifically deal with concussions on a regular basis and research concussions on a regular basis. This podcast will be pretty long if I go through everything in terms of what the SCAT 5 is, like um, how to recognize a concussion, whether in yourself or your child, if that's something, um, or even like a family member, if it's something that you're concerned about. And, uh, you know, steps that you can take going forward in terms of actually proper recovery and, you know, how to return because there's two different types of recovery really, right? Because you need first off your rest and rehabilitation, but then we also have to consider you have to rehab back to physical activity and you also have to be able to rehab back into mental, um, 
ability as well. So today we're going to be going over what the SCAT 5 is and how that is relevant to you in terms of what needs to be done in terms of how to recognize a concussion. So first off, like SCAT 5, like what is a SCAT 5? So the SCAT 5 is a standardized tool for evaluating concussions designed for physicians or licensed healthcare professionals such as myself. Um, so basically, this tool is something that you can even find on the internet yourself. So if you were to literally write in Google SCAT, that's S. C-A-T-5, you would be able to find this yourself and follow this report with me or article as I am going along with this. Um, but one key note that I want to uh, point out is you cannot see a concussion in the sense that it is a brain injury. So I will go as far to say that a concussion is like a mini stroke concussions are serious and people don't generally have that type of respect for it they just kind of brushed off oh yeah you know I've had a, a few concussions in my day or yeah I rung my bell and and whatever but as we're doing more and more research in the past few decades we are noticing the severity of it and yes a concussion is like a mini stroke. So if you suspect a concussion of any athlete, they should be removed from play immediately and receive medical assessment because if this is not taken care of properly, you're predisposing that athlete or your child or your family members to what's known as second impact syndrome. And what that is, is that can lead to death. It's basically when somebody has a concussion, but next thing you know, they get hit in the head again. That's just hard enough or just right that causes a very intense brain bleed that can cause death, essentially. So obviously, we want to avoid that, right? So you want to get the medical attention to that athlete or to your child or to yourself or to your family member as best as possible because um, what we're learning again is concussions are very um, serious and if you do not take care of it properly, it can impact you for weeks months or years to come and in some cases unfortunately even permanently too so huge red flags are um after receiving a, an impact to the head or even a bad fall on the tailbone right because if you have a bad fall on the tailbone and the axial compression and forces from the tailbone shoot all the way up to the neck and impact the head that can um also cause a concussion so that's a, a good good to note there. So red flags after these incidences happen is you have neck pain or tenderness, double vision, weakness or tingling or burning in the arms or legs. And I also want to note if that is taking place, you also want to take that as um, a sign that there could potentially be a spinal injury, which is a fracture anywhere along the spine from the neck, the mid back, the thoracic area, the, the lower back as well, that could potentially impact their spinal cord and leave them maybe paralyzed. So if there's any numbness, tingling, or burning in arms or limbs before getting the, the athlete up, you really want to make sure that 
you're taking all your precautions and if you don't have any health care experience you're really letting the professionals such as your paramedics or an athletic trainer athletic therapist who's there at the game take care of that um severe or increase in headache seizures or convulsions loss in consciousness deteriorating conscious state vomiting and increasingly restless agitated or combative behavior um there's some really quick memory assessments too that you can ask so such as like if you're playing sports or whatever wherever place of work you're working at is uh, where are we today which half is it now or which you know quarter is it or you know what part of the game what's the score of the game or what's the uh, approximate time in the day what's the year what's the day of the week um things like that what month are we who's the prime minister right now uh, those are all great questions and then there's very other basic observations that you just want to see like can the person maintain eye contact with you do they seem to be going in and out um are their pupils um uh equal right or are they too big or are they too narrow um are they speaking to you with a slurred speech do they um lose track of what they're saying when they're speaking to you? These are examples of um, what could be a very bad concussion. Again, as you can start to see if you're familiar with strokes, these can be um, similar to strokes as well. And one of the, the other things too is if you have ever had an impact to the head or a bad fall on the tailbone and you've ever had one of these falling symptoms, chances are you have had some sort of a concussion because concussions can range from very you know minor to extremely severe and um, what most um, or, or what I've learned in school is you can only tell the severity of a concussion based on how long it has lasted. And obviously there's going to be um, certain variables in there if the athlete or the person recovering from a concussion wasn't very diligent, didn't really do what they were supposed to, that can postpone recovery for sure. But say a person, if you take two different people, one who had a very minor concussion and was doing from day one exactly what they should and a person who had a major concussion doing what they should from day one, but they had three months worth of recovery, well, obviously that person had a much more severe concussion versus a person who just took a week to recover. So if you've ever hit your head or had bad whiplash or had a really bad fall on your tailbone and you've had uh, either a headache or felt pressure in your head, had neck pain, nausea or vomiting, dizziness, blurred vision, had balance problems, had sensitivity to light or sensitivity to noise, you had this feeling of being slowed down or feeling like you were in a fog or things that just don't feel right. They just don't feel normal. You had difficulty concentrating or difficulty remembering. Uh, you had fatigue or just low energy. There's confusion, drowsiness. You're more emotional than normal you're irritable there's sadness you're nervous you're anxious it's unexplainable you have trouble falling asleep these are the major symptoms that uh, concussions will uh, present 
So if you're thinking to yourself, holy, I know someone who's had like most of these symptoms or I I myself have had these in the past, um, again, you have had um, a concussion to some extent. So if you're still having problems with any of these, when you start to do a a lot of mental work at work or a a lot of computer time, or um, you start to do uh, physical activity and you start to have these issues, you never properly recovered from your concussion. So it this podcast is definitely uh, something worth it for you to listen to so you can maybe start to detrain yourself from the state that you've gotten yourself into to hopefully get you on a better track. So now let's just kind of skim through here. So just for those of you who are following me, I'm skimming through cognitive screening, um, memory, all these types of things. So say like I was on a field with an athlete and I'm trying to diagnose, I'm going to be asking questions like, you know, um, including their orientation. So what month are we, what day of the week is it? What year are we in? What month is it now? What time is it? And typically you're looking for them to tell you within the hour. Um, an immediate memory can, um, we usually test this by saying words. You usually five words that have no relation to each other. So we'll say things like, I'm going to say five words and I want you to repeat them back to me. So we say things, finger, penny, blanket, lemon, insect. And the athlete will have three tries to repeat this. And if they don't get it, then we repeat it again. If they don't get it, then we repeat it again. And if they don't get it, well, then we try to move on to something else. But basically, if they get it first try and they're all good, that's awesome. So then we can start even doing more difficult things like uh, trying to get them to repeat back 10 words. We can then even get them into concentration. So this is when we will actually give them um, a series of numbers. We usually start with three, then build to four, then five, and sometimes six, depending how good they are at this. And we will say, okay, I'm going to say a series of numbers and I want you to repeat them to me backwards. So four, nine, three, you say three, nine, four, for example. And then if they got that, then you would go to another set of three numbers and then to four, four, five, five, six, six, et cetera. And you would just rate that. And the last part is we would just, the last part for concentration, we just get them to ask, okay, reverse or or repeat or say rather the months to me, but backwards. So you'd say um, December, November, October, September, August, July, June, May, April, March, February, January. And some of you may be thinking like, holy crow, I don't even have a concussion. I could barely do these things right now. Um, I want you to keep in mind too, we do a pre-scan. So in most colleges and universities and some high schools, depending how diligent they are, we will actually do what's called a baseline testing. So this is when we actually go through these tests. So we are getting a general idea of what the athlete's state is when they don't have a concussion versus if we do suspect they have a concussion or they had some sort of head trauma and we get them to do this test to see how well they do with it and if it's very comparable to what it was before and some other people may be thinking well if you're smart well I hope you don't think that word or hope you don't use that word but some athletes may say oh well I'm just gonna butcher this and, and make it really really bad so that if I get a concussion you know I would just it makes it look like I could you know do the <laughs> I don't mean to be speaking that voice, but I could do that test better even if I had a concussion so I'd still be able to play. So um, they have realized that 
to a certain extent. So they've also made sometimes even like uh, computer programs that compare um, an athlete's tracking ability with their eyes, their reflexes, and different things like that all through a computer, which uh, tends to also be a very good way to help limit athletes from faking uh, baseline testing uh, before and if they get a concussion um, after so that there isn't as much of an error that way. Then we go through a neurological screening. So I want to see if the patient can read out loud. So this is testing the eyes. I want to see if the client or the patient or the athlete has full range of motion of their neck. So they'll be able to tuck their chin all the way to their sternum. They're going to be able to look all the way up to the ceiling with about 80 degrees of range of motion. So that's if you take a line with their forehead, it's just 10 degrees off of being parallel with the ground. And they're able to turn their head as much as they can to the right and to the left where they're nose roughly would meet the mid part of their collarbone okay and of course side bending you can throw in there too so the other thing is when the athlete is not moving their head or neck you would get them to do different eye testing as well so you would get them to look side to side um, as fast as they can and see if they have double vision with that. You'd also get them to look up and down. You would get them to uh, test their coordination. So you would hold your one finger out in front of them, eh, say about um, a foot and a half away from them, and you would get them to touch their nose and touch your finger. And first you would not move your finger and they would just try to do it as fast as they can. Uh, about five to ten times and then after that you would slowly move your finger all around as they would try to touch their nose and touch your finger all at the same time as fast as they can and then the last thing you're going to check is just overall balance so can they perform a tandem gait normally so what a tandem gait means is they are able to walk on a straight line with matching their heel to their toes. So if they take a step with their left foot, when they take a step with their right foot, they're putting it right on the toe of their left side. So they're, now they're stepping on their right foot, they're taking a swing with their left foot and their heel goes right in front of their right foot. And so they just keep putting one foot in front of the other and you're checking to see if they can do that. You'd also check to see if they can do a double leg stance with their feet close together and just have their eyes open and see how long they can balance. Ideally, you're testing about 15 to 30 seconds. They'd also do that with their eyes closed. You do that a single leg stance, preferably on their non-dominant leg. You'd get them to do a tandem stance so the foot that they would kick with you would actually have that foot in front so that tandem stance again that's with the left foot for most people right most people's dominant leg is the right so just for this example you'd stand first with your left foot you would put your right foot in front so that heel to toe contact and balance there with your hands on your hips so basically you're trying to see that balance um a coordination. So at this point, you would get a very good idea of how the uh, athlete is or your child is in terms of where they stand from a concussion standpoint. And again, like the scoring should not be used, and it says this right here, should not be used as a standalone method for diagnosing um, concussions, but it's definitely, it gives you a pretty good idea of if they're ready to return to competition after a concussion. So, um, for for this part, I think this could be pretty overwhelming. So I'm going to leave it at this for this podcast at this point. So we really focus today on 
kind of narrowing in what the symptoms are, how you can recognize it, and um, how you can test it as well from all states of including like orientation, their immediate memory, um, concentration ability, and even getting into neurological screening and balancing. And um, the actually the last thing that I did forget to mention is now delayed recall. So do you guys remember the words that I was saying regarding the finger penny blanket lemon insect? You would actually get them to, do you remember those five words that I asked? Repeat those to me. So that is known as the delayed recall. So basically that's performed about five minutes after you asked to get a sense of um, what that state, so more their short-term memory is like at that point in time. So in the next week, I'm going to be releasing uh, the podcast of concussion um, recovery and actually you know what (laughs) I'm going to mention one more thing so um, signs to watch out for so say at this point in time you've referred back to this uh, podcast or you remember hearing about in the past you're listening to it again when you you know think that you have a concussion yourself or your child has it or a family member signs that you want to watch out for is if problems could arise over, so problems could arise over the next 24 to 48 hours, okay? So you don't really want to be left alone and you must go to the hospital if they are experiencing worsening headaches, drowsiness or inability to be awakened, inability to recognize people or places, repeated vomiting, unusual behavior or confusion or irritability, seizures like arms and leg jerks uncontrollably weakness or numbness in the legs or arms unsteadiness on their feet and slurred speech okay so i'm gonna leave it with that those are the signs to look out for that's how you would uh, recognize it of course ideally you want to consult your physician or another um, licensed healthcare professional um, after you suspect a concussion so that you can be as safe as possible and make sure that your children's or your best interest your family member's best interest um, is definitely on top of mind As always, if you guys have any questions for me, I leave my email in the comments below. Thank you so much for listening and all your support by listening to my podcast. And that's a wrap for this episode. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast if you found it to be educational and know someone who would benefit. This is Nichelle Thompson on Everything is About Your Health, the podcast.